So the cold breath comes out, and that's only 16 D8s. How many 8s do I have here? Did you say 16? I'm going to channel my inner Matt and say, we're sitting on top of Ancient Dragon. What the heck are our little bows and arrows going to do compared to its breath weapon? I know. <laughs> Uh, I think that I should forgo attacking in favor of attempting to stabilize. Nagar. Okay. Because apparently he's in a bad way. He's in a bad way. How many times can you shoot? One. Just one? Okay. Oh, two? Two? One? Two? I'm a rogue. Oh, two. One. One? Okay. Um, and now we discover the dragon is a paladin and yes. divine smites on its nat 20. <laughs> Chapter 291, Dragon Strafing. Okay. So we're back with the Dragonborn, maybe for the last time. We'll just have to see. Uh, but you all had been sent up into the mountains. And by you all, I mean uh, just a subset even of the subset of the Dragonborn that we had before. So we just have Rogar, Heskin, Nadar, and Petrin here. Uh, Kavash and Sora being uh, sorely wounded in the previous engagement. And um, you all were sent to treat with the White Dragon. And what, what reason did you have to go and see the majesty that is the White Dragon? And our... To see if which its allegiances again. Yeah. Yes, the undead have appeared in the mountains again. And now you need to know, um, is this uh, a you know, machination of the white dragon has it switched sides again. You know, they're capricious creatures and greedy, often uh, given to uh, excess. So um, perhaps Olawal has made it a better offer than the better offer that you made it. Um, or um, is it un blissfully unaware of the encroachment of the undead into its territory again? And uh, this is something it should know about. So either you're going to um, enlist its aid or be eaten. One of the two. So, you know, just kind of another Tuesday for you guys. Excellent. Yeah. So at the end of the last episode, you had finally made it all the way up there. And uh, Rogar, this was a bit difficult for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I uh, broke the snow most of the way up and uh, tired me out a bit. Yep. So you have one level of exhaustion, which is going to hamper you and whatever is coming up next. And um, but then uh, Nadar, you were able to wing in and you were able to go and um, join the party. Having learned the ability to uh, turn into a flying creature, you uh, turned into a, a giant eagle and then uh, were able to uh, wing your way up there and, and uh, join everybody. And then you were able to transfer into what to complete the trip up to the top of the mountain. I use my wild shape to turn into a brown bear that I could with a massive strength and huge constitution so that I'm able to further break the snow on the way to the white dragon. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the nice thing is as, as a brown bear that you uh, work for picnic baskets. 
So uh, that worked out well. And are you still in brown bear form as you're coming down the passageway, or have you gone back to dragonborn form? How long how was I working? Um, actually, how... it you, it was a better part of four hours that you had to do. So how long can okay. you stay in brown bear form? I believe wild shape lasts two hours. Let me triple check. Oh, nope. I can do it for four hours. Okay. So yeah, you're you're getting close to the end of the time that you can be a, a brown bear, but you can probably still be in brown bear form. Um, do you want to do that or do you want to shape back into uh, dragonborn form to uh, treat with the dragon? I am in brown bear. Okay. So you come around the corner as the three dragonborn and one brown bear. And the welcome you got from the dragon, how how welcome was the welcome that you got from the dragon? Not very welcome. Yes, he uh, was a little annoyed at your presence since you weren't I'd obviously here to uh, give him food and, and gold. I'd say typical. Yep. Okay, so there you are. And he has uh, asked you to be quick about your message um, before he just goes and snaps you all up and makes a snack of you. So what are you going to say and who's going to say it? I'll just look at him and be very, just very to the point and say those nasty molting creatures that were servicing you initially when we first made contact with you and arranged our deal has seemed to have pressed forward into your lands without your knowledge you are mistaken i know all that goes on within these peaks nothing has intruded into this land without my knowledge so you are not worried that these creatures are turning your servant are your worshipers or servants or prey into that which you cannot use anymore? Nothing happens here without my knowledge. Certainly, if I had seen such a thing, I would have stopped it. But you must be just weak little creatures that are falling prey to things in the mountains. I don't believe what you have to say. Do you really think we would risk your ire? to bother you in your lair if we had not seen what we had seen. And it props itself up on its elbow and it just starts tapping its chin with its claw the way it does and says, hmm, you are not terribly intelligent creatures, but you're not that dumb. Perhaps what you have to say may have some merit. Tell me more of this. And if you are lying... I will make your death slow and painful for bothering me. But if you are telling the truth, my wrath will be terrible for the creatures that have sparked it. Well, our people have been disappearing and we went to investigate one of our nearby fishing spots to find more of our people slain and without their heads. Pursuing moments later, we found said heads somehow imbued with some dark evil magic and had to put them down as they spit fire and brought or attempted to bring death to our hunting party. Two of our members still lay low. The most disturbing of which was this large circular creature with appendages that shot out beams of energy. We brought it down before it brought us. And that is what initiated this contact ahead of schedule. You are weak little creatures, so anything could have caused this problem, but your descriptions have me 
angered. Nothing moves in my mountains without my presence, without my consent. And I have given no consent for creatures from the lowlands to come up here. I will entertain that you are telling the truth and that unwanted creatures walk the land. And even though this is beneath me, I will carry you upon my back as we survey the mountains. If it is true what you have to say, then my wrath will be terrible and we shall bring the cold of the mountains down upon them. If, however, we find nothing, I will shake you off at high altitude and laugh as your punny little forms plummet to the earth in death. Oh boy, we're sore here now. Uh, well, I don't see what I have much of a choice, but I know my words are true. I don't believe I, have... I gave you a choice. Do you have ranged weapons for... Your breath weapons are punny in comparison to my awesome power. No, I prefer to be up close and personal when I land with my enemies. I carry short ranged ranged weapons. Like what? Like a bow. That's pretty good. A short one. I will shake my distance head. comes from spells. And what was that, Rogar? I uh, shake my head. I, I do not. Oh, how typical. Not thinking ahead, you punny little creatures. Here! And it starts just, it plunges a claw into the uh, piles of gold and so forth that sit behind it. And on the ends of its claw, it comes out with a couple of short bows. And it just kind of reaches the claw forward, dangling at you. And um, on two of its claws, there's a short bow and a quiver of arrows. And this is, I trust you can use these. Thank you for your uh, benevolence. And I will take a set. And these are regular arrows. Um, and they, they look a little worse for wear. I mean, they're kind of old and, and ratty, but they're still serviceable. But the bows are plus one bows. What? And he says, if you are lying to me, then I will recover these from your crumpled forms after you hit the earth. If, however, you are not, you may keep them with my thanks for informing me about this invasion of my territory. Was it two plus one crossbows? or Two plus one short bows, yeah. Perfect, because I cannot use them. Does anyone want to trade? <laughs> well, you've got spells, so you're in good shape. Yep, the only... Drone weapons are ranged weapons that I can use our darts, javelins, and slings, which are not good. Thankfully, you have magic, so it's whatever. I'll give Petrin my bow and just take her other one because I've got a low dexterity score. I'm not going to hit anything I aim at. As a... Okay. Yippee. That's probably a good idea. Okay, and do you mount up onto the white 
dragon's sides. I'm going to return to dragonborn form and then yes. Oh, you were a bear? Yes. I, I, I somehow misheard that when you said, okay. Well, okay. You're right. Instead of um, saying, um, I can't use this, I actually go. <laughs> I think the dragon speaks bear. Bear point. Okay. Bear point. Bear point. Okay, so this will turn into a grizzly event. Yes. Well, ba- bear with us a bit. We'll we'll figure this out in the end. We're gonna uh, climb onto the dragonborn's back or the the white dragon's back and bear down. Okay. Um, and as you climb up onto the back, you can just see him kind of following you with his eye, and you know that annoyed look that people get when you're doing something that they don't like, but there's nothing they can do about it. You're you're getting that from the dragonborn. Which is always a lovely, wonderful thing to have a dragon think about you, you know? Yep. Yes. Well, he, he, he's been annoyed at you the whole time you've been here. Okay. So after you are in place upon the dragon's neck, you start to uh, begin to rumble down the uh, giant hallway to the outside. And you break free. And it's actually a fairly clear day. There's a few broken clouds up above uh but the uh shine of the sun upon the uh snow is uh almost blinding and you're barely out the entrance of the cave when the dragon just kind of leaps forward the wings spread out and in a couple of very uh snow blinding uh sweeps of its wings uh covering you know you guys all with snow as it flies in the air he's airborne And he says, where shall we look, little ones? And as I said, I hope for your case that this is in fact true. And I am not here just to annoy myself and waste my time. I'll try to give directions to where our fight was. Okay. Um, And you are coursing along there. And as you uh, go over... Um, and it's interesting cause you know, that really airily speaking from the air, not that far from the village itself. So you're going over there, but off to your right, you can see clearly the, uh, edge of the village and the, you know, little columns of smoke coming up and, uh, the, uh, you know, you, you go over there and you can, you can kind of see as you're flashing by, the uh, battlefield that you uh, had there. And um, the undead creatures, though, have either disappeared or just have been covered up with more snow in the night. And once again, it's just little hummocks of uh, snow in that area. And as you're passing the village, um, the dragon says, and if you're lying to me, maybe I'll pay you all a visit and teach you who is the king of the mountains who is to be feared the most. So aside of a whole lot of, uh, you know, depressions in the snow where you all were running around, you really don't see much at the battlefield itself. And, but you do just sort of flash by as the dragon is gliding along. Um, did you guys see anything? No. You weren't there uh, anyway. <laughs> which I say very nervously. <laughs> Um, can we look down and see anything? So, like, we didn't see anything at the battle site, but is there anything else that's down there? Uh, well, do for me investigation check to see if you can spot anything. 
Could it be perception instead? Um, well, in this case, you are doing an uh, investigation to see if you can see something. All uh, right. Can I do one as well? Yes, everybody can do one if they want to. Uh, that's a six. 19. 18. Okay, yeah, and you do not see anything. And, um, you know, it's just forest and clearings and forest and clearings. Um, and the, the dragon says to you, well... I don't see anything. Are you just wasting my time? Oh, no. Uh, we would never. And I'll, I'll look back to the group. <clears throat> Do we think it's a good idea to like try to get the dragon to land at the battle site to try to uncover the corpses he doesn't seem to be terribly interested in landing you know he, he was going to cruise around looking for this uh you know these undead creatures coursing through the the land um so what uh what what can we think of here what, what do we want to do next rather than looking for creatures because we're i would think because we know these lands so well i'm looking for what doesn't belong Okay, so um, you can either give me investigation or perception check to see if something trips your uh, your uh, spidey sense and, and says that something's not right. Uh, what are all of our classes? I'm a rogue. Battle master fighter. I rolled a natural 19, so with my perception, it's a 24. Impressive barbarian. Yes. And Unhelpful. Yeah. Because... Uh, like ranger or paladin or something has the I know like the sense divine sense very short range. What we should have creature sense. is a wizard who's a necromancer, so we can raise our own false flag undead. Oh boy. Blame it on a <laughs> Mr. Dungeon Master. Yes. So yes, twenty-four uh for your um perception there. And yeah, out of the corner of your eye. You notice, yes, something just catches your attention. Um, something doesn't look right. You're not real sure what it is because, you know, you're flying along really quick. But, yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, the spidey sense just sort of tingles and there's like something off there to the right just looked off. I'll point down with my axe and say, there, there's something amiss. And the dragon says, you better not be wasting my time. My patience is already going thin. But he does bank to the right. And as he's getting closer, you realize what it is that caught your eye. In the area that you're in, it's almost all smooth snow. There's barely any um, topography because, of course, you know, the, the windblown snow and the further drifts of snow kind of just make everything kind of rounded and hummocky and, and smooth. But this area is all chopped up. And what caught your eye was all the little depressions with the little shadows and ridge peaks that are highlights. And sure enough, it looks like something like 20 or so creatures all went through and walked right through in a big mass into the trees that are right in front of it. And um, so, yeah, there's clearly and, and you see the dragon's head kind of dip a little bit. And I mean, you're behind its, its head. You're behind its eyes. But even from here, I mean, you can just feel the pupils as they constrict, as it's narrowing its vision and seeing that, you know, the depressions in the snow there. And uh, he's like, well, this proves nothing, but 
I'm interested. Um, at that point, can I summon my hawk spirit to uh, to aid us with our search? Yes. What does a hawk spirit do for us again? Um, basically, a, a hawk appears um, next next to me on the dragon. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, uh huh. This doesn't really help us right now, but a uh, creature makes an attack roll against a target in the aura. You can use a reaction to grant. I can use my reaction to grant advantage to that attack roll. In addition, you and your allies have advantage on perception checks while in the aura. So basically, the dragon plus everyone has advantage on perception checks. Okay. For the next for the next minute, I believe. Okay, so everybody, roll for me perception as you fly over the cops of trees that uh, this all these foots uh, footsteps led into. Twenty one. And what was the? Bonus thing. I advantage. advantage. Oh. Nice. I got a 14. 21. Non-natural 20. 23. Okay. So um, basically, uh, Rogar and Heskin and Petrin, you all notice that there is movement in the trees. And the uh, dragon only gets a uh, 25. So... Uh, yes, and, and you just see its head just kind of angle down real quick and says, there is something there. Does anybody want to add anything to that? Not with our current G rating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, thank you. I am good. Thank you again. And so it flashes by the, the trees. It's, you know, it's, it's a small little branch of the forest there between larger clearings. And um, the dragon, you just see it. Um, or feel it pull up and the ground gets to be a dizzying uh, length below you. And it, uh, you know, makes a big wide looping turn. And uh, he says, let's give it some time. And as it slowly curves and comes back, um, you see that coming out from the trees is a gaggle of creatures. Okay, so, uh, pull out the short bow, probably. Okay, and um, the uh, as a gaggle of creatures comes out, the dragon says, "Okay, let's go see. If this is what you say it is, then my wrath will be terrible upon it. If it's not, then I will shake you off to your death." And he starts cruising in. And everybody, this time, roll for me a uh, investigation check to see what you can see. Fourteen. Twenty-four. You go, Petra. <laughs> Sixteen. Okay, and um, actually, most of you are able to make out that this is, in fact, a group of undead. And a large group of undead. In the front, there is, uh, leading the group, a um, plate mail warrior uh, who is, uh, basically, you can see his glowing eyes from under its helm. Uh, Behind it is a mass of straggling ghouls and skeletons. Um, But mixed in with them, and then also flanking them on either side... You see the glowing uh, floating skulls that you had seen before and fought against. Several of those. 
And then in the back, once again, a um, undead beholder, maybe the same one you fought, uh, resurrected again, or perhaps a different one. But they all come marching out of the trees, kind of unaware that the dragon had flown above them. And uh, the dragon says, well, well, you were telling the truth. Therefore, we shall bring the cold of hell down upon them. Hold on and weapons ready. And he just dives down at them. And let's get some initiative rolls. So, Petrin. 16. Okay. And Nadar? 15. Okay. And Rogar? Uh, 16 with a 14 dexterity. Okay. So, Petrin and Rogar, who's going first? Me. Okay, Petrin. Okay. And then Heskin? I am not made for riding on Dragonback with bow and arrow, so I got a massive six. Okay, and so each of those letters represents a creature on the field. So at the very front there is the uh, plate-mailed knight with the glowing eyes. And then behind it is a mass of S's are for skeletons, G is for ghouls. And then off to the sides and in the middle and in the back are F's for flame skulls. And then at the very back back is the zombie beholder. Like I said, perhaps the one you already fought or perhaps they have an additional one up here. But the whole group is coming out and coming at you. Okay, so the dragon comes diving in at the group there. And um, it, you know, shoots down from the clouds and you know basically comes to a, a tree skimming level basically just coming nose on with the group and um petrin you're going to need to go first and then rogar then the dragon and then nadar um and then i'm going to have the whole group there uh go as a unit um just to make things simple and then heskin so petrin what are you going to do you're coming zooming in there's a whole mass of creatures there in front of you what are you going to do um, I will. <laughs> Do I get sneak attack, by the way, TBH? Um, you won't get sneak attack at this point in time. No. But in subsequent rounds, you probably will, because they'll be more concerned with the dragon than they yeah, will yeah. be with you. Then <laughs> What's I... your archetype? Archetype are you? Hmm? What type of archetype are you? I'm a scout. Not Not really impressive by any means. Um, I will shoot someone. Will I shoot? There's oh. the ghouls, the flame skulls, the um, death knight in the front, the zombie in the back. What do you want to do? I'll do one of the flame skulls. That one off to the Okay, the right. one that flanking, flanking right? Yes. Okay. How many times can you shoot? One. Just one? Okay. Oh, two? Two. One? Two. I'm a rogue. One, two. one. One? Okay. Oh, oh, seventeen. Mm, a seventeen hit. does hit. And then I'm gonna use my piercer to re-roll my my dice. Okay. My damage. Very nice for ten points of damage. Okay, so if you would put a red dot next to that flame skull to indicate that it has been damaged. Okay, and then Rogar, what are you gonna do? You get to go before the dragon does. 
Uh, yeah, so I, I'm assuming that we're just like deciding what we do as we zoom past. Um, right? Or are we like. Well, you're on an attack run, place? you know. Um, so Petrin just fired an arrow at one of the flame skulls. What do you, what do you, do you want to do? So like as we zoom past, I'm going to shoot down at them. That's what we're doing. Um, yeah, well, right now you're kind of nose on heading for them. So you can shoot ahead of yourself and hit any one of them that you can uh, hit. The view in the front of the dragon is what you're seeing right now. Yeah. So, like, will we be gone before the turn is over? Um, well, yeah, you're going you're gonna to attack and then zoom up and then probably come back and attack again and zoom up and so forth. Okay. So, yeah, this will be your yeah. chance to actually attack them. I'll shoot at the flame skull then. Uh, the one that uh, Petron targeted or a different yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. You want to... What's it called? Concentrate our fire. That is an 18 to hit. Okay, that definitely hits. Or eight points of damage. Okay, so it is damaged again, but it's still not out. Okay. Then because I'm cooler than a rogue is, I'm going to shoot again. Okay. Just kidding, I'm not as cool as a rogue. But I am right now. Probably. Uh, that's a eight, so probably not. No, okay, this one, the, the uh, flame skull ducks and it goes wide. Okay, and then it's the dragon's turn. And you're, you know, sitting atop of its neck in the thorny ridges up there, but you can just feel the neck expand as it breathes in a, a big puff of air and just you hear, and the, you can just feel a hurricane of frost uh, forming within the dragon right beneath you. It's, it's uh, terrifying and awesome at the same time. And a giant cone of frost comes flying out the front of it and it breathes on the entire assemblage as it's uh, going past it there so let me draw the cone be patient everyone will get to draw the cone yeah. really that is indeed a very long line it is a really long line I'm going to channel my inner Matt and say, we're sitting on top of an ancient dragon. What the heck are our little bows and arrows going to do compared to its breath weapon? I know. It'll make a, it think we're helping. Chip damage. Chip damage. Hey, hey, if one or two is kills it, it kills it. He might, he might, it's like, it's like opening a uh, a can. You lo you loosened it. You damaged them, the, da the enemies for it. Oh, you guys <laughs> opened a can here. Um, so as you can see, it starts its breath weapon about 15 feet before you get to there. And that ends up basically covering the entire group with it. So we're going to have to make some saving throws on the part of the creatures there. Uh, because some of the creatures have different uh, saving throws than others. But the knight in the front of the group gets a 16, which does not do it. So he'll take it full on. And then the ghouls and the skeletons um, abjectly fail. So they take it full on. Interestingly enough, the um, cold washes over the flame skulls. And it's as if the flames just go and, um, you know, carve a hole in this cone of frost that's coming at them and, and keep them from being damaged. And then the Beholder Zombie in the back also does not make it. 
So it's going to take the full damage as well. So the cold breath comes out, and that's only 16 D8s. How many 8s do I have here? Did you say 16? I did say 16. Do you have 68 yeah. I can borrow there? I do. I only have 10. You guys need to give me more dice for Christmas. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Six. Here's six. This is where a dice app comes into play. Oh, D8. I don't know why I got D6s. I don't know where you did either. One. It's not a fireball. One, two, three, four, six, you said? Six, I did Five. say. Six. 16? Oh my gosh. My breath weapon does 3d6. Okay, so that is 73 points oh of damage God. to everything in the area there. Except for the flame skulls. Um, yeah, the flame skulls do seem to be immune to that damage. Um, and you just, you see the death knight in the front kind of, you know, raise an arm and in defense and cower against its, uh, damage, but it is still heavily damaged by that. Um, and then even more heavily damaged is the beholder zombie in the back. However, the ghouls and the skeletons, the skeletons are just ripped to shreds. The blast of the, uh, of the uh, thing just basically goes and just, you know, see bones flying everywhere. And then the ghouls just kind of ice up and fall over. So actually, my, what might be easier is take the blue one and circle the flame skulls so we can see which ones are still left alive at this point. And here's your dice back. I might need them again, keep them handy. Okay, and then it is time for Nadar to go. What are you going to do? So we've got just those um, four flame skulls, the Death Knight and the Beholder Zombie is still standing. Um, the flame skulls seem to be immune to this, but the, uh, the uh, Beholder Zombie and, and the Death Knight were uh, damaged definitely. Although the... Uh, Death Knight seems to be made of sterner stuff and doesn't seem to have been too terribly damaged by this. I am going to cast Call Lightning okay. at third level. So uh, clouds begin to boil up around you and yep. uh, lightning streaks down from the heavens. And I'm going to target the flame skull in the back next to the Beholder zombie. Okay. Um, so that'll get, so the, that means they'll get the flame it... skull and the Beholder, right? Okay. And they need to make a dexterity saving throw, please. Okay. The flame skulls saving throw is not good. That is a eight. And the beholder zombies a little bit better, um, but it's a 11. I believe both of those will fail. They both fail. Okay. Um, and they both take 23 points of lightning damage. Okay. So the, so let's actually number those flame skulls there. So the one all the way on the left side as you're viewing it will be one. And then two in the middle, three in the back. And uh, then four all the way on the right. That's already been damaged. Okay, and um, an interesting thing happens, though. 
Um, the beholder like takes it full on and and takes all seventeen points. Oh, was was it twenty three points? Was it? Yep. Okay, twenty three points, and you just see it crumble to the ground, uh, just electrified, and you just you know kind of blump and just rolls over, its undead eyes staring up at the the sky there. But the flame skull doesn't seem to be nearly as damaged by the uh, lightning as you would have had expected it to be. Um, so apparently it's made of sterner stuff. Um, and then I'm going to have my, uh, let's see, wait, 5, 10, 15, 20. I'm going to send my hawk down. Okay. Um, in, um, a, uh, to the square that is, um, one square. If you're facing, if the death knight is north, um, the square that is southeast of Flame Skull 2. There. That one. Okay, so put put a hawk there. Basically, what this does it is that this allows me for the next however many rounds um, to grant advantage once per turn on any of these creatures. Very good. Okay, and then it is time for the remaining um, undead to attack. And... So uh, first up is the Death Knight. And so as you are zooming in and, and breathing on it and firing it and lightening it, um, it uh, goes and just waves into the air and an orb of black fire um, it, uh, comes shooting up at the white dragon and explodes right in front of it. Um, you all will get advantage because you have cover because of the... Uh, the dragon but i need everybody to make a dexterity saving throw with advantage see if you can cower down behind the dragon fast enough 26 18 by heskin non-natural 20 15 oh really even with advantage Okay, yep. so you plus two. you apparently were sitting upright to make your spell cast, and so you're going to take this damage um, directly on. Um, so this thing explodes, and how many d6s do I have now? Oh, and let's see what the dragon does. Oh, yep. The dragon fails its saving throw, but because it's an ancient white dragon, it just chooses to make the saving throw. So it'll take half damage as well. So this thing explodes with necro uh, necrotic and with uh, fire damage. So the first part of it, the fire damage, is 37 points of damage. So everybody that is uh, made your save will take half of that. So um, 18 points. And then the necrotic point... Uh, damage wow 40 points of damage so you'll take 20 if you saved um what does that do for nadar i'm out okay what what are you at negative 20 oh ouch so yeah you get uh, pummeled there um, when is true death negative maximum right yeah perfect well, there's our healer. 
Okay, and the the uh, you you actually feel the dragon wince at that damage. It it you don't get the feeling you got terribly damaged, but it still winces. The dog only. Oh, point. Go ahead. How many hit points do you have, the dog? Fifty-seven. That was only thirty-eight points of damage. Oh, that's right. You failed. That's you right. failed. Yeah. He took all of it. Yeah, I took uh, seventy. Seventy. Yeah. Um. So obviously the clouds clear. Uh, hawk disappears okay um and then the um flame skulls get to go and uh flame skull number one um it is going to do what run away um, it probably should hide but... oh so it's going to um magic missile the dragon as are the other ones um they uh, accept the one on the very right, number four. So one, two, and three are going to magic missile the dragon. And so they do 36 points of damage total to the dragon um, as it does that. But then the um, last one on the right is going to go after Petrin for daring to shoot it to pieces there. Um, although actually Rogar, you did more damage, didn't you? So it's going to go after you instead, Rogar. And uh -huh. so magic missiles come flashing at you, Rogar. Mm -hmm. And you take 12 points of damage as the magic missiles slam into you. So, so what are you at? I am at 25. Okay. Very good. And so uh, considering your effectiveness with the uh, spells and so forth, you are able to um, go and uh, defeat the rest of the, the uh, undead. So only these ones are able to attack. Um, the dragon, though, is going to do a legendary action in response to the uh, uh, Death Knight hitting it with the uh, Hellfire Orb. And it is going to uh, beat its wings against the ground or against the Death Knight as it goes by. And so the Death Knight must make a saving throw. And that's not a really good roll. So, yeah, it's going to end up taking the damage. Oh, a nice roll, too. So it takes 18 more points of damage from the uh, attack. So, um, the, uh, dragon starts to pull up and Heskin, you get to make an attack. You've got two damaged flame skulls. You've got a damaged death knight. You've got two undamaged flame skulls. I've got a couple of situational questions. Sure. First, did the buffeting wings knock the death knight prone? Um, since it did not save, yes, it did knock him prone. Okay, how high up are we? So you, you are basically skimming the ground at this point in time. You're all of about uh, 30 feet above the ground, just long, just far enough for the wings to hit the ground. Okay, awesome. Um, first point of action, I will use my bonus action to second wind. Okay. I will get uh, a total of 15 hit points back. And then Hiskin, after seeing Nadar slump over unconscious, is going to jump off the dragon on top of the Death Knight. Okay. Um, so you'll take... 3d10 falling damage um, as you jump off onto the, the Death Knight. Is that okay with you now? Heskin, this is about as close as Heskin ever gets to raging. Nadar's is, Nadar's is Ness's sibling, so he, he really doesn't care. Okay. Very good. 
Okay, um, so you take... A D6. What's A? It was a D6 for 10 feet. I didn't learn. I thought it was a D10 for 10 feet. Am I wrong there? I have no idea. Live and learn, hopefully. (laughs) Drew's right. It is a D6 per 10 feet. Okay, well, that makes it a lot easier then. Okay, so... Feel free to run, because this this looks cool, but it's going to hurt either way. (laughs) So you take 16 points of damage as you land on the Death Knight, and give me a acrobatics check to see if you can land right upon the death knight i'm gonna say probably not but we'll find out that's a 14 okay yeah so you see uh heskin just drop off the side of the dragon and just land bang right on top of the death knight so the death knight will also take that 16 damage from uh you colliding with it um so he's uh damaged there okay and what are you going to do you land upon him uh, in his prone form, you're now standing with, uh, probably actually roll me another acrobatics check. We'll see if you roll off him or if you end up with like a foot upon his chest or something. Uh, 14 again, ironically. Okay. So yeah, you are able to, um, basically, you know, just basically pin him down with one, uh, of your feet and you're standing on top of him, him prone. What are you going to do? Oh, Huskin just screams loud enough. I think probably for even the guys on the dragon here. I remember you, and it just starts wailing into it. It's probably not the same Death Knight, but he doesn't care. Um, it could have been the same Death Knight, yeah, that you met down in those uh, subterranean tunnels. He's going to start swinging his axes straight into this creature's face. The first one is a, a twenty-four. Uh, definitely hits. Okay, the second one will be a 25. He hits even more. Going to action surge and keep swinging. Uh, another 25. Still hits. The last one uh, probably won't hit a 19. No, just able to uh, roll aside and, and you miss. That's 3d8 then. 36 points of slashing damage. Okay. Not too bad. Oh, I'm sorry, I add three more, 39. Okay. Nice. So you you uh, cleave into it. Um, it's still, well, standing is not the right word, but it's still alive. That's not the right word either. It's still not, well, I guess it is dead. Okay, it's uh, it's uh, still there. Uh, but still- you're heavily, heavily damaged. Okay. Still moving? Um, it's definitely moving. Okay, and we get to the top of the round. So we come wheeling around there, um, and then Petrin, what are you going to do? You've got a downed room, uh, group mate with you. You've got the three flame skulls that are still, or four flame skulls that are still standing, two of which have been damaged. And you've got uh, the Death Knight in combat with uh, your friend. Uh, oh, I could have done that. Could have taken no damage. Um, I will shoot... Flame school number four. Again? Okay. Again. Most I can do. Not, it won't hit with a 10. No, it goes swinging wide. Gosh. Anything else? I could hide on the back of the dragon. Okay. Actually, why don't you try doing that? Sure. I will hide on the back of the dragon. My stealth is a 25. Okay. Thanks for asking. And, um... Then, um, Rogar, 
All right. Uh, I'll. Oh no, the Death Knight's prone. Okay. Yep. Uh, which one have we all been focusing on? The Flame Skull Four. Flame Skull Four is one you and Petron hit last round. Flame Skull Three in the back was hit by lightning, but it didn't seem to do a whole lot of damage. Okay. Actually, I want to, uh, as we go by, breathe on Flame Skull Four. Okay. And what type of breath weapon does your character have? I have a 30-foot line of fire. Okay. Well, it is wreathed in fire. Um, just, you know. Hmm. That that may, may um, alter your plans. I was thinking that because it was, you know. It's a flame. The, the cold didn't work. Hmm. Okay. Well, the, um, the, yeah. Actually, then, is Heskin? standing on the death knight or next to the death Knight. well he's standing point? on his chest but there's definitely parts of the death knight exposed that you could hit with your breath weapon if you wanted to okay then i will breath weapon the death knight okay needs to make a uh dexterity save okay. i believe and that's a 14 does a 14 do it uh it does save okay so it only so takes, it takes half, half damage, damage. So that is 10. So a uh, five points of fire. Okay. Still doing some damage to it there. And then next up is Nadar. Nadar, you'll have to make a uh, death save. One thumbs down. Oh, not good. So one unhappy face from Nadar. Okay. And then the um, dragon, this time will come in sideways since it sees you're on the death knight and it can't breathe in that direction. Uh, it does not recharge its breath weapon. Um, and it comes zooming in and basically um, rakes down with its claws and um it's bite and starts at flame skull number four with its uh bite attack and that's a huge number there that's going to be a t 32 to hit so it bites the uh, flame skull and you just see it you just you hear a crunch and just little bits of flaming skull pieces go flying out on either side and it is gone. And then it rakes across the group there, uh, going after two and one with its claws. So two. Um, that's a 19, so it hits. And it'll hit it with the other claw. And this time for a 20 and hit. So it's going to hit it with two claw attacks. Flame skull two. Flame skull two. It's going to go with the claw attacks, yeah. So that is 28 points of damage to Flame Skull 2. So it's still up, but it's uh, barely up at this point in time. Gets heavily damaged. And then it starts to uh, pull up there. And um, then it is uh, time for the reaction from the other creatures there. Um, actually, what's the range on this thing? What what range are the other flame schools? How far away are they from the Death Knight right now? 30, 35, 
Okay. And um, the Death Knight um, Heskin just kind of, you see it pull its sword free from its sheath and it says, don't toy with me, mortal. And it just points the point of the uh, sword down and slams it into the ground and there's just this wave of energy that um, emanates from it. And every creature in a 30-foot radius must make a constitution saving throw or take thunder damage as it's blown um, and necrotic damage. Okay, and so I need a dexterity saving throw. Which one is it? A constitution saving throw. Sorry, I need a constitution saving throw. Is it thunder or necrotic? Um, This doesn't make any sense, actually. It says, or take 5d6 thunder damage as well as 5d6 radiant or necrotic damage. Oh, your choice. I got it. So, yeah, it'll be necrotic damage. So, I need a dexterity saving throw. Excuse me, constitution saving throw. 19. Okay. And that makes it by one. So, you'll only take half the damage. So, you take... So you take uh, seven points of um, thunder damage. That that is halved, so um, you took fourteen, and eight points of necrotic damage, um, and you are knocked prone. So what are you at now? Uh, knocked prone, even with saving. Yeah, even with saving. Uh, I'm not looking good. Still up, though. Oh, sorry. You're not knock prone since you did save. So you're still standing. Um, how many points you got left? Not a lot. Okay. I think I second-winded. And then the flame skull over there um, has to make its save. And does not save. So it's going to take all of that. So... Um, Wait, was some of that lightning damage? No, it was thunder and it was... Oh, disappointing. Um, and it was necrotic damage. Um, but it only take the thunder damage. So it is somewhat damaged by that. Okay, so it is damaged as well. And um, then um, the flame skulls get to go. And the flame skull number one... Uh, kind of realizing that there's an issue with its leader. Um, it is going to go and try to hit you, Heskin, with two uh, fire rays from its eyes. So this will be uh, to hit. And not terribly good, a 12, but the other one's pretty good. That's a 23. The 23 hit. And you take... Oh, look at that, Yahtzee. Nine points of fire damage. I rolled three, three threes. So you take nine points of fire damage. Outstanding. Okay. And then Flame Skull number two, that was heavily damaged there, launches a fireball at the lot of you up there on the dragon. Um, so it um, goes and everyone, you can make a save with advantage. And for you, the Nadar, if you can make a save, I will not count the um, 
damage as an automatic um actually i guess you can't save since you're in unconscious so you will take the automatic uh, death save saving throw <laughs> uh, automatic death save yeah automatic uh you automatically fail a death saving throw for taking damage uh while actually just make me a straight up death saving throw if if you fail it then you took the damage from the uh fireball and you get the automatic unhappy face if you um if you make the death save then you didn't take the damage you were you know on on the proper side of the dragon not to take damage what happens if you get a nat one bad things happen is that what, what you I got you i got a nat one no. Okay, well, actually, what I'm going to say is you're going to automatically fail this one. So, yeah, you now have two unhappy faces. Um, and then everybody else, uh, Petrin and uh, Rogar, what did you do? 25. Uh, which saving throw again? Sorry. This one is a dexterity saving throw. The dragon makes it no problem. Uh, 21. Okay. And you make the save, Petrin? Yeah. You made it or failed it? I made it. Okay. 25. So you all take half damage, and it's not a terribly good roll. So 17 total. So everybody will take eight points of damage, except uh, Nadara, uh, Nadara, who gets the uh, automatic unhappy phase. I will take no damage because of evasion. Okay. And then the other fireball goes off from the other flame skull. And once again, Nadar, um, roll me a death save to see if you take an unhappy face or not. Can, can I, like, do anything? Well, you could have healed him the last time around. I couldn't heal him. I mean, stabilized him at least. 15. Okay. So, yeah, you, the this one goes off on the other side of the dragon, and you do not take an unhappy face. But you're down to two unhappy faces. And then Petrin and Rogar? Not natural 20. Okay. So you all save again? Yeah. Um, the dragon does not, but chooses to save anyways. And. Actually, you have evasion, right? Yep. Yeah, I've been using it. So 14 points. So you all take seven more points of damage, except, uh, um, Petrin, who's basically just jumping around the opposite sides of the dragon, trying hot. to get away from this. Ooh, ooh, hot. Okay. And what you at right now, Rogar, after all that? I'm at 10. Oh, okay. Not so good. Okay. Uh, but that is the undead one. And Heskin, you're, uh, how many points are you down to now after all that? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. 11. Okay. So yeah, we got a couple of them barely hanging on at this point. Yep. Snarling and Fury. I'm just going to keep going at the death knight. Okay. Uh, he didn't say he got up, so is he still prone? Um, no, he pushed his way back up, and so he's, he's standing up right now. Okay, so first strike, I'm going to throw a superior die, try to knock him back to the ground. Okay. So I'll need a strike by that hit. Uh, probably doesn't hit. Uh, that would be a, uh, 19. 19 does not hit. Once again, just missed by one. Okay, second hit is a natural 20. Okay, you land one solidly on him. And uh, that one, I'm also throwing a superiority die to uh, try to trip him, so I need a strength saving throw. Okay, his strength saving throw is a 20. So he's not not prone, but he'll still take the damage. 
32 points of slashing damage. Oh, he looks like he's barely standing. Okay, third strike is a 21. That hits. And I'm going to try to knock him down again. Okay. So another strike. Um, this time a 24 on his strength. Still saves. 19 points of damage. Okay. And that finishes the Death Knight off. You just see him pull, you know, knock the, the, uh, head right off of it and the eyes you know dim out and go black and the armor just collapses to the ground okay and then we go to the top of the round again and the oh actually in the dragon is going to do a wing attack as it goes by in response to the fireballs and this will actually go after f2 and f1 so um they need to do dexterity saves and neither one of them make it. So they're going to take it full on. Oh, and a good roll. So 18 points on one and two, and that finishes off two. The wing just cuts it clean in two. And uh, one looks like it's heavily damaged as well. Okay. So it is uh, going to be top of the round so petrin you just have the two flame skulls that are left at this point in time both of them damaged i'm gonna try to stabilize nadar okay give me a medicine check okay this is one of your specialties isn't it yeah man it's my highest modifier oh boy eight okay no you you're fumbling around and he's sliding back and forth you're barely able to keep him on the back of the dragon okay and then Rogar, what are you going to do? Uh, I think that I should forgo attacking in favor of attempting to stabilize. Nadar. Okay. Because apparently he's in a bad way. He's in a bad way. That's a four. Okay, no. So, the, yeah, he's just sliding around too much is all you can do to keep him on the back of the dragon. Okay. And then the dragon gets to go again. Let's see if it recharges his breath weapon. It does. Actually, no, wait. It, it knows that these things are immune to cold, so it wouldn't do that. So even though it has a breath weapon back, that didn't work on it, so it didn't do that. So it will, once again, go for a bite claw claw attack. So a bite on three. Oh, it's an at 20. Dragon clutch, man. Yep. Um, and now we discover the dragon is a paladin and yes. divine smites on its nat 20. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's a divine smite with cold, so it doesn't do any good. But... Uh, Okay, so 49 plus 8. Ooh, and I rolled really, really well. Yay. So 27, uh, 35 points. And basically, once again, you just see little pieces of skull, flaming skull come chomping out of its mouth as uh, F3 is, uh, flame skull 3 is just chopped a little bitty bits. And then it goes with two claw attacks on Flame Skull 1. And one of those is a hit and one of those is a miss. No, both of them are hits. Now that I look at it, both of them are hits. Yippee. So, and actually there's not even a point in rolling the damage. I'll roll it anyways, just for fun. But um, yeah, he just basically shreds the skull and pulls up in the air um, and just kind of then zips down and lands right by you, Heskin. 
and um, he uh, kind of turns his head slightly to the side so his eye can look at you. And um, he says, you may all dismount now. I've had enough of this dishonor carrying your punny little bodies about. Take your fallen comrade and go. Okay. And um, then Nadar, um, they were unsuccessful on um, rev- you know, medicine checking you. So you have to do another um, death saving throw. Can you survive this next death saving throw? You're at two. 19. Okay. One happy face for change. Oh my God. Okay. And nope, I'm just not dead. Yes. I saw him roll his no, eyes. I no, saw no. him roll his eyes you, and I thought are, he just died. You are alive. Yes. Okay. So um, you slide him off the neck of the uh, creature Heskin. Um, you know, Nadar is in a bad way. Um, uh, can you do a medicine check on him and stabilize him? Do you have anything? No, you're unable to stabilize him. Um, or does a 10 stabilize? I don't think so, right? I have no idea. Let's look that up really quick. To be fair, I'm literally at death's door along with Rothgar. Yeah. The DC to stabilize for a medicine check is 10. Okay. So yes, you're able to bind up his wounds and stabilize him. And the whole lot of you are sitting there beaten up. One of you unconscious. And um, the... uh, And you see the... uh, form of the white dragon flying high back to its peak but you have uh, gone and defeated the undead army that was headed towards your village there um, and you're actually not too far from the village so um, it the, the uh, light is failing but uh, you're able to uh, you know pull into the village by the time um, it is full dark and the stars are coming out and once again, you uh, end up dropping off one of your comrades with the druids for healing. Um, and uh, then uh, are you going to do anything else before, you know, the, you know, obviously the next day or so you should be able to head back down the hill. Um, are you going to do anything before uh, in, in the village before you have to head back down and uh, then enjoy uh, your time down in the lowlands once again? Um, I'm going to go to whatever druidic parts that, that uh, Nadar part of and see if they make any sort of healing pulses or potions. Okay. It'd be nice to just in case because we don't ever have those. Okay. Yep. Yep. And anybody doing anything else? Okay. Well, then um, the uh, evening, uh, you know, closes in. You're able to go back to your tents and rest and uh do you know first aid and and get your hit hit points back between the druids and and your uh and your hit dice and uh you um obviously beaten up uh very uh you know heavily demoralized with everything that happened but at the same time buoyed up by the fact that you went and you were able to save your village and uh, the next day, you're able to start heading down the mountain before the snows, uh, you know, close in entirely. And that's where we're going to stop today.
Dungeon Masters Notes. Okay, um, so bunch of bunch of things happened here. Uh, first thing, obviously, the last episode was really short, uh, just because that was the natural breakpoint for that particular part of the storyline. And also, I kind of knew that this part was going to be really, really long. So I didn't want to continue on and then make a really, really, really long episode. Um, but there's a couple other things to call out here. One of those is Drew having his character jump down off the dragon. That was an awesome heroic moment and kind of clever, kind of thinking outside the box. I had assumed that the players would just be going and staying on Dragonback and plinking away as they went. Just, you know, kind of awesome sharpshooter stuff. But he decided to go and take the risk of falling and uh, it panned out. I mean, almost didn't. He was down to single digits in health, I think, as were most of the players. But yeah, it actually panned out and worked out really well in his favor. And then the other thing to talk about is Nadar and the death saves. Um, this actually really kind of put me in a pickle because I had asked for a saving throw to see if um, he could avoid being hit. And basically what it was, it was sort of kind of an ad hoc death save. Um, you know, it was basically throwing yourself in the winds of fate. And uh, if he made the save, then the fireball went off on the opposite side of the dragon and he was shielded from the blast. If the fire, if he didn't make the save, the, you know, blast hit him. And because he's already making death saving throws, so it was an automatic uh, unhappy face there. And so normally when you make a death saving throw and you roll in that one, that's two unhappy faces. And if you already have one, you're dead. But I realized I had called for a saving throw, not a death save. So I really kind of had to continue going down that road and just have one death uh, save happen. And it turned out that uh, in the end it um, was all the better for him because he was barely able to squeak through. But anyways, quite an arc for our Dragonborn. Quite an adventure. Um, they, once again... We're able to repel the undead armies attacking their village. And we are just seeing the undead attacking everywhere. The Tabaxi, the uh, Port of Magnum. We're seeing them attacking at uh, the uh, Dragonborn. And, uh, uh, you know, assumedly they're attacking everywhere else. So the party had better get a get on and get this thing figured out. Or else it looks like Eloal basically is going to just ruin everything before they can make their way back. So what's going to happen? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com with questions or comments. Follow us at Relic of the Past or Relic of the Past Podcast on your social media feeds. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head. <laughs>